Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Uh, Today, we're going to start looking at something a little different. We've been looking at several last episodes uh, related to the one another phrase, right? One another. And there's actually several more we could look at, but we've covered uh, the basics and the foundation of how we are to live together as one another. But I thought we'd go now and and look at uh, something which seasonally people examine from time to time, but something that the Scripture tells us a great deal about, and that is the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, the birth narrative, uh, what the Gospels especially present to us. And then if you consider the gospel, the Gospels with uh, the prophetic things that were spoken in the Old Testament about the coming of Messiah, it's really an amazing amount of information that the Lord has given us related to this. So, uh, Well, as a matter of fact, I'll say most of it will be uh, familiar to our ear. So be careful and don't let a spirit of familiarity rob you of what God may be wanting to speak into you right now and want to reveal to you right now. So I thought we'd start with the book of Luke and just over the next several episodes, just go through this and give special heed and attention to what the Lord is saying to us now as he recounts uh, this birth. Now, Luke chapter 1, verse 1 is where we're going to begin. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, it seemed fitting for me as well, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning, to write it out for you in consecutive order, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the exact truth about the things which you have been taught. And I love this about Luke, because Luke's sitting there, and he lets us know from the very beginning. He's writing to a dude uh, named, uh, either named Theophilus, or his title's Theophilus, or his sort of an overarching title for, uh, it really means friend of God, Theo God, Philos friend, friend of God. And so he says, the reason I'm writing this is to where you can know the exact truth. So everything we're going to see here is the exact truth about the things that he'd been taught. And then Luke tells us why he did this. He said there's a lot of people who were compiling these things about all that was accomplished among us. So I thought it would be good to sit down and do this. And he interviewed eyewitnesses because he said, beginning with eyewitnesses and the servants of the word. And then he says in verse 3, that it seemed fitting as well that he investigate these things carefully from the beginning. So he investigated it carefully from the beginning. He had some interaction with eyewitnesses, uh, really probably pretty close interaction with eyewitnesses, and he wrote it down in consecutive order. And the reason that he did this, and this is uh, all of Luke and Acts. Don't forget that. Luke wrote Luke and Acts. So he starts at the beginning, verse 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abiah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years." And so he starts at the beginning. He says, I'm doing it chronologically from the beginning. This is where the Spirit led him to um, start. 
And that's always a problem when you speak of anything, uh, even in life and the Word of God or whatever. You, well, how far back do we go? It's sort of become a, uh, a joke in our, in our Bible studies. If I ask a question about uh, when something was, they'll automatically go, Genesis. <laughs> no, we want to go all the way back to the beginning. Well, right here, he lets us know some timing things. It was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, that a priest, Zacharias, he tells us what division he's from. And he had a wife named Elizabeth, who was the daughter of Aaron. And then he describes who these, how these folks were. They were both righteous in the sight of God. They walked blamelessly in all the commandments. They upheld the requirements of the Lord. Then there's a but, but they had no child. And they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. And then it, this little great thing, and they were both advanced in years, which tells us that they were older. They were beyond childbearing age. And so we have the scene set. Let's see what happens. Verse 8. Now it happened. While, don't you love that? It just happened. <laughs> now it happened that while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division, According to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And so uh, he was going about his priestly duties, and the priests were set up on uh, two-week rotations, 24 divisions, et cetera, et cetera, of how they went about these uh, priestly functions. And he was chosen by lot. In other words, they chose who did this by some form of a lot. And some commentators have said that this is a, a once-in-a-lifetime type of thing. Uh, it may have been. I simply don't know. But it was a special thing. He was chosen to do this. He goes in and he burns incense before the Lord. Now, verse 10. And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense offering. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel, and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias. For your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Now, just a couple things here. He's in there going about doing what he was supposed to be doing. He's offering incense at the altar of incense, which is in the holy place in the tent of the Lord. Uh, at this time, it would have been in the temple. Um, He's not in the Holy of Holies. No, no, no. He's out outside the Holy of Holies. And all of a sudden, an angel appears to him. Well, he reacted in the way that people react when the angels appeared. Fear gripped him. And the angel says, don't be afraid. Because your petition has been heard. Your prayer had been heard. Well, what was the prayer? Well, because of what he tells him, we can assume your wife Elizabeth would bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. <coughs> this is interesting because I know that Zacharias was not praying for a son at that moment because they were advanced in years. I think the King James says they were stricken with years. They were beyond childbearing age. And even if he had been of childbearing age, he is in there interceding on behalf of the people of the Lord, on behalf of the nation of Israel. They would not bring up a personal petition before the Lord at this moment. It, that would never have been done. And so he comes in, and all of a sudden the angel appears and says, your petition has been heard. Well, petition from when? I believe this is something that occurred many, many years before, if not decades before, Okay, that they prayed for a child and prayed for a child and prayed for a child, 
and no child came. Now they're at the end of their lives. They're advanced in years. As was described of Abraham and Sarah, they are as good as dead. In other words, they're unable to reproduce in the natural. And now an angel is saying that Elizabeth will bear you a son. Got two points I want to make out of this. First one is this. Uh, don't believe that God does not hear the petitions and he will not move on, on it in some form or fashion at some time. This petition right here, these prayers were likely lifted up decades before, and now they're being answered. And then don't neglect the fact <laughs> that God can bring forth miracles. Something very precious happened right here. After he left right here, he goes home. And he would have told his wife what happened. And at some point shortly thereafter, there was a time of marital intimacy that in all likelihood had not occurred in a long, long time. Remember, this is long before the little blue pill, right? Something happened. And they had a time when they came together. And don't you know that they were ecstatic and giggly because the Lord had told them they were going to bear a son. And sure enough, here comes a son. Verse 14 says, you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. This is one of just many, many, many little vignettes that you see in the birth narrative, which give us such hope, uh, which speak to the supernatural type of way that God brought forth his son here on earth. Uh, well, my time's up. I better stop. We'll continue next time with it, okay? Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.